Hey, welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. With me today, we have again Maury Hirschgordon and Josh Brown. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Dan. How about you? Doing yeah, great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Maury, you're doing well too, I hope. Oh, I'm doing great up here. Yeah. Weather's Big- changing, but uh, yeah, we're staying good. I got a little bit of a cold. NBA started this season, Maury, and big one for you as a 76ers fan, I assume. Oh, huge win. Joel Embiid, a little turnaround jumper from the elbow. Gotta love it. I mean, he had tw- 20 points and seven rebounds in 22 minutes, so not much more you can ask from the big man who hasn't played in you know quite some time. What do you think over-under for games played for Joel Embiid are this year? You know, that's a good question, Dan. I probably would put it at, you know, 50 out of the 82-game schedule, so he's playing, you know, a little bit more than 50% of the year, I think. On those stretches where they go to the West Coast and they play three games in five days, maybe he plays one or maybe he plays two, kind of just depending on the matchup, depending on, you know, the uh, the team. I mean, you look at OKC, you know, he was baptized by fire in the first game. He's going up against guys like Ennis Cantor uh, and Steven Adams, two of the best big men in the league. So, um, you know, he kind of kind of got a taste of the NBA right away in game one. And I think they're just going to take it game by game, week by week, and see how his knee feels. It's good to see him finally on the court, too. And, you know, he had a couple of years to kind of hone his Twitter persona, which I think he's done a great job with and stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, when you actually remember how good that guy was when he was in college and now seeing him in, in the pros, he's just, uh, he's just a unique player. So it's going to be fun to watch him. Uh, Josh, how about you? Are you a Celtics fan? What do you think of the first week for the Celtics? Yeah, they they had a good uh, week. They kind of slipped against Chicago, but I, you know, I hate those homecoming kind of things. Uh, and that was what they had for uh, Dwayne Wade coming back to Chicago. You, you, it seems like the away team never wins that game. Uh, so you know, it is what it is. Taking out to Chicago, we beat Brooklyn though. So um, I, this year, Dan's more about Brooklyn losing than us winning. So we <laughs> want that number one pick. Who is the? I, I'm not even really following it so far yet. But who is like in the running for the number one pick right now? That's in college. You know, I did. I actually have no idea. I, those usually kind of start popping up around like January, like February. You start hearing about like this guy and that guy. I know there's a Duke kid high up there, and then he hurt his knee uh, in practice or in training pro day. It was pro day. They were play, you know, playing in front of NBA people, and he hurt his knee. But um, I, I really have no idea. There's so many like recruiting websites and stuff nowadays that I can't keep track with it. Whoever, you know, ESPN tells me the week before draft picks, the number one pick is, I guess, who we'll want. So, Maury, do you think the Sixers are going to try to trust the process for another year and go for the number one pick, whoever that ends up being? Well, I don't know. We'll see, Dan. I mean, you know, Ben Simmons is out for quite some time now. So, you know, if they limit Embiid and then they trade either Okafor or Noel and Simmons isn't back, you know, it's not like they have a ton ton of talent, you know, elsewhere on in the uh, in the roster. So, so we'll see. I think they're definitely still going to be a lottery pick. Uh, I don't see more than like 25 wins. You know, I think 30 is kind of the bar uh, that they should set to kind of achieve. But I, I do see a lottery pick coming up next year. I don't know if it's a whole tank of Palooza round three or four or whatever we're on at this point. Uh, I definitely see them, though, getting a, a lottery pick. We um, It's a great time for basketball, obviously. College basketball is just around the corner uh, starting up as well. So you guys, I know, you know, Josh with you with Northeastern and more you with Quinnipiac have a rooting interest there. But are there other teams that you guys follow? Yeah, I, uh, I've i always liked Kentucky. Um, and I we actually talked about it with Darius a little bit, as you'll hear later on the podcast, Darius Deberry of Jackson, Tennessee. They beat the Kentucky alumni team. So we were kind of going back and forth about that because I was always a Kentucky fan. Um, and uh, that's really – I'm more of a – I kind of – in college basketball, I'm more of a bandwagon. I'll just jump on like a certain team for a while. Like I like VCU when they were good. Uh, I'll pick like a, a mid-major underdog team who has a chance of playing well, and I'll just kind of hop on the bandwagon for three or four years. So 
uh, I haven't picked one yet for this year, but I'm sure they'll come soon enough. What about you, Maury? Uh, I actually do have a favorite team. My dad grew up in Syracuse, uh, so we are big-time Orange fans. Uh, it was great to see Bayheim's Army in Philadelphia the last couple of years. Uh, you know, never made a run to the uh, to the to the Final Four, or even championship game. You know, with all the talent they had, but we're, we are definitely big-time Syracuse fa- fans. And uh, kind of like what Josh said, just love college basketball in general. Uh, hop on a team, you know, who I like, plays hard, has a good coach. And I was a big-time Butler fan when Brad Stevens was there. Just his composure on the sideline at such a young age was one of the top young coaches. And you know, now you see it's paying off with Celtics, who you know could get a, a top one, two, or three seed in the in the playoffs from the East. Josh, you mentioned it a second ago, but uh, Darius DeBerry was uh, the GM of the Jackson, Tennessee Underdogs, which was probably the most appropriately named team, if not in TBT history, maybe in basketball history. And it's amazing, I think, what you just said about being a bandwagon fan of college basketball, because in my view, it's sort of the same thing with TBT. It's so easy to kind of get wrapped up in a team that's making a run, you know, like the, either the Colorado team last year, for example, or City of Gods coming back or whatever. It's really neat to kind of get caught up in that uh, with TBT as well. Dan, I have to tell you, and um, I probably shouldn't, but, uh, and, you know, Ole's a brave hat off to them. They're, they're a great team. When they hit that last second shot against the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs, I know you were in uh, the, uh, you were in Philly then, uh, but Jackson, Tennessee, they're up five, a minute to go, and they, they you know, uh, Ole's a brave came back. They, they won on a last second shot. My heart broke. Uh, for Jackson, Tennessee, like you said, so easy to uh, when you learn the stories of these guys to jump on, um, you know, the bandwagon of a team. And uh, I think as you'll hear with the interview with Darius, they're kind of the epitome of that. They uh, a lot of people around the country that day were tweeting us that they beat Kentucky and uh, we're, we're rooting for them. So, uh, like you said, whether it be a team like that, a, a, you know, a, one of the quote unquote top contenders is in the city of gods who uh, they just a, a great group of guys. It's so easy to get pulled in. And uh, I think that's a great thing. One of the great things about TBT, you find yourself rooting for people, you, you know, you never maybe even heard about or never imagined yourself rooting for before. So I think that's definitely correct. Josh, your interview with Darius, uh, we're going to listen to in a little bit. I talked to Justin Burrell this week as well. So we're going to hear him and I'll give you some background on Justin in a second. But can you tell us a little bit about Darius DeBerry and the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs? Yeah, it's a very interesting team. As you can imagine, they're all from Jackson, Tennessee, and uh, a core of them are the group of players who won the first state championship in their high school. I believe it's called Liberty High School history. Darius, the GM, was the team manager of that team uh, that won the state championship. And actually, the coach of Jackson, Tennessee, Dexter Williams, was the head coach who won that state championship. So it's, you know, we see a lot of college alumni teams. This was a a high school alumni team coming back together uh, to play in TBT. And they really, they had the whole community behind them. Uh, They, you know, Darius, as you'll hear in the interview, they were kind of treated with a hero's welcome when they came back to Jackson after beating Kentucky in that game. And uh, again, it's a group of high school guys, a gritty team who they played together. Uh, they, they took recruiting fans as a full-time job for two months. The, the whole community was all in. And it, it was really uh, kind of amazing to watch. And I, I, I kind of wish you were there in Chicago uh, to see that. Because I, I know talking to John Mugar uh, after that game, we were both just uh, amazed with the, you know, the way they played, the composure they played with and. Um, just the upset they were able to pull. So it's a great group of guys, and I think you'll really uh, enjoy hearing Darius talk. He's a great, uh, great, great guy. And, uh, I, you know, again, they, they plan to be back in 2017, so we can only hope that they will uh, do just that. They might not get a 16 seed in uh, 2017, but we'll see. The uh, <laughs> the conversation I had with Justin Burrell was great. He's a uh, three-time TBT participant. He's played on three different teams, which I think is a record. I don't know that – I can't think of anybody off the top of my head 
Although Josh Boone maybe is another one. But in any event, um, you know, Justin played on the team Barstool uh, on 2014, which lost in the championship game. Came back the next year, played on Slam, a team sponsored by Slam Magazine, which actually lost in the first round uh, to, to a team called One Chicago. And then last year played uh, with a few good men, which was a Gonzaga alumni team. So he's got a kind of an interesting story about how he got linked up with those guys from the West Coast. He's just a really entertaining guy. He's over in Japan right now playing. I think this is his fourth out of six seasons playing in Japan. And he's got some good stories about how he has kind of adjusted to the culture over there and uh, what he likes about it. But it's a uh, it's a good interview I have with him. Well, I'm hearing some good things about teams that are going to apply to TPT in 2017. So we'll see. I think Justin might have a couple of options next year as well. All right, so let's get into those interviews. First up is going to be Justin Burrell, and after that, we'll hear from Josh Brown and Darius DeBerry. Justin Burrell, how are you? Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Now, we're talking to you from Japan. Yeah, I'm in uh, Nagoya, Japan right now. What part of Japan is that? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it's a little north of uh, Tokyo. So is this your first? this is your first year in Nagoya, right? No, this is my second season. Oh, okay. So how was it? So how was it to be back there then? Uh, this is my first time in my career I've ever went to a place for a second year. So it's actually a, a big advantage for me. I feel like um, it's kind of uh, I, I miss out on all the, the the nervous parts of starting new and all those different aspects of that. And then the greatest part is I know my teammates. I know what they're capable of. I know what to expect from their coaching staff. So it's a uh, kind of a, a big advantage. I was looking through the stats um, that I can find on the uh, Basket Asia, and you're off to a great start. It's like 20 plus points, seemingly like in every single game. Yeah, so uh, our team is in first place in our division, tied for first place in the league. Uh, at one point, I was number one in scoring. I fluctuate up and down for the last couple games, but uh, top five in scoring, uh, blocks top ten or top five, uh, rebounds top ten. So I'm I'm doing well. But most importantly, the team is really excelling. Absolutely. So did you get the whole team back from last year? So we actually uh, lost a lot of guys. Not, I shouldn't say a lot, about half half of the guys. But the guys that left were uh, a little bit older, and it was around their time to, to make a change. So uh, we added to it, and we uh, actually got a little stronger from it. This is obviously your second year, as you said, in Nagoya, but it's not your first trip through Japan. I mean, that's actually where you started your pro career back in 2011, right? Right, right. So my first year out, I went to uh, Yokohama in Japan. It was during the lockout season. Uh, I went there. The team did really well. We lost in the championship game. That year, I won MVP of the league, and my coach won uh, coach of the year. So what was it? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to give a brief history. From there, I left and went to France. Uh, Chalon Rance, where I actually lost in the championship. Uh, from there, I went to Cholet in France as well. Uh, team did okay. And then I came back to Japan in Chiba. And then last season, like I said, I was in Nagoya as well. So you were telling me when we were talking back over the summer um, about adjusting to life in Japan. And so there's some really funny stuff that, that happens over there that's a little bit different than where you grew up in New York, right? Right, right. So uh, i give you an example. Uh, my first time getting off the flight in 2011, I had did some traveling by myself, but never to the extent of uh, going to another country alone. So I get off the flight, no anxieties, no uh, 
no worries or anything like that. I get with my translator and I get with my new coach. I meet those guys and I'm pretty good for the first couple days or so. And I actually uh, decide to venture out and go to the grocery store and different stores around my area. And I start shopping. As I get shopping, I start realizing that I'm in another country and it's for real and it's no joke. I actually go to buy cereal and milk and I panic. All of the name brands look different. Can't figure out which one is milk. I'm standing in front of it having an anxiety attack, my first one ever, and I'm panicking. Like heart's racing, sweating, feel like I'm going to throw up the whole nine. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer in always catching myself in the moment. So I actually catch myself and start counting to 10, just trying to calm down. And I think to myself, how can I get this done? Think outside the box. So an idea comes to my head and I say, you know what? Find the nearest person that works in the store and see if you they can help you. So I find a lady in the area and no lie, true story. I bring her to the section in where the milk is and I start mooing at her. Consistently, moo, moo, and I'm pointing to it and I'm showing her the cereal and I'm mooing and she's looking at me trying to figure out what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden it clicks to her that I'm trying to get milk for my cereal. She points me to the cereal. I mean, excuse me, to the milk. And that story is one of the best stories I ever had in my life. So do you know the word for milk in Japanese now? Actually, I don't. That's funny that you mentioned that. I don't know that. But you know, you know what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. I'll never forget what it looks like. How it haunts me my nightmares. How much of the culture, cause we've talked about this, but I mean, Japan is, it's a, it's, it's modern. It's got all the stuff that you would expect in every sort of society, but it's just enough different from America that it's not the same. And it's kind of clear when you're there. Like how much of that culture do you adopt when you're over there? Honestly, uh, for me, Japan is amazing. Um, all of the things that we have, they have. They have all of the things, like I said, we, we have, but in a way, I, I, to me, it seems a little better. Their, uh, their way of life over here is, is more at peace. You don't have any drama. Uh, but at the same time, it's a little different. So like, I'll give you some examples of where things are better and where it's different. So in New York City, we have the Metro card. The Metro card is our way of transporting around New York City via public transportation. They have that as well, but their Metro card, you swipe in and you swipe out. So it's not a flat fee. That, that same Metro card can be used on a train, on a bus, in a taxi. You can use it in a convenience store. It's almost like a, a refillable credit card. If, if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. So like, uh, like I said, they have so many different things that we have, but done. I say better. Um, so Justin, you've obviously been there for a while. You know, you spent your first year there, two years in France, and then you've been back there since. But, um, you've also played in TBT three times. And I think that you're the only guy that's played on three different teams in TBT. So the first year you were with Barstool, how did that come about? So, uh, I have a good friend by the name of Ross Burns, uh, actually recruited me when I was in high school to Fordham University. I end up going to St. John's, but through the recruitment process, we built such a strong relationship. We remained friends when he left there. He actually uh, worked me out as a professional trainer after that. 
and we just been friends for the longest. So uh, at the time that TBT was uh, like coming out and people were finding out about it, he told me about it and I, I, I laughed at him and said he was lying. There's no way anybody would give out that much money for that little of games. So he continually told me like, yes, yeah, for real, it's for real. And honestly, I didn't believe him to the last minute. And he invited me to be on the team. And from there, we hooked up with uh, Barstool Sports to help us get the votes we needed and be a part of what we wanted to do. And uh, we set out and we won some games. And unfortunately, we lost in the championship. Yeah, you guys in that first year, I think, lost by four to Notre Dame. What was that experience like coming that close to having such a payday? Um for that little amount of uh, excess games that you won? Honestly, it was like, uh, I, I, I want to describe is the, the one of the worst pains I, I can remember. Uh, never forget the horn going off and those cannons shooting those green and white confettis all over the place. Um, looking around. You know, we, had, we had purple ones too for you all. <laughs> oh, I, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I, I even felt like they were loaded at one point. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a terrible feeling. You go downstairs and, uh, we're sitting around like this can't be true. We were favored, I believe, to win. So it was like, it was, it was real shocking. I think we even set up an after party for it. Guys all playing what they were going to do. You know, the worst thing you do is spend it before you had it and everybody did it. So it was terrible. And then you came back the next year with Ross again, and this time you linked up with Slam Magazine. And then that was an early exit, a really surprising result. Right. So the greatest thing about TBT is like it's an even playing field. One one game elimination. Uh, you can't do too much scouting. And if you don't bring it, you're gone. No matter what team you are. Whoever's on your team, you have to bring an A game. And if you don't, you are gone. Unfortunately, we had a loaded team again. Uh, didn't respect our opponent, and they, they knocked us out of there. That team that you lost to uh, was from Chicago. And it seemed like when I was watching that game that they just came out, you know, I don't, I get whatever the phrase would be, hair on fire. Like they were just ready to roll immediately. Did that take you guys by surprise? Uh,. You know what? Um, that I, I've actually played against those guys through, uh, through some other tournaments. I, I believe it was the World Festival, um, in Chicago, the Nike World Festival. So I kind of knew what we were up against. Um, but like you said, they came out, played hard. They played together. That team has been playing together for years and it showed they came out and just kicked our butts up and down the court. And then last year, you got linked up with the Gonzaga alumni team, Few Good Men. How did that come about, that you're the only St. John's – well, first of all, the only non-Gonzaga guy in the team, but from St. Right. John's to Gonzaga, how did that come about? Right. So uh funny story, my senior year, I actually, in 2011, played Gonzaga in the tournament. First round of the tournament, we were the 6-11 game. We were 6, they were 11 in Denver, and they knocked us out of the tournament. So, honest and truthfully, I hate Gonzaga, but <laughs> like uh, a new a new relationship that I'm still trying to figure out. So, 
back to how I got involved with them, there's I, like I said, I've been in Japan for a few years, and a guy that I've been playing against out here, respect his talents, his name is Ira Brown, actually uh, went to Gonzaga and was telling me that they were putting together a team and uh, wanted me to be a part of it. He's known me for a few years and knows what I'm capable of and, and thought my talent and what I do could help push uh, Gonzaga over the top. And so it seemed like you were actually a, a really great fit with that team, just not only on the court, but personality wise, you know, it seemed like you were getting along with them really well. Right, right. You know, uh, all those guys are class act guys, you know, uh, up there in Gonzaga, th that program is historically always excelling. And the only way to do that is with high character guys and high talent guys. So when you mix those two together, me speaking of myself, it was uh, an easy match and easy fit. Um, one of the other things that I should have realized earlier that I didn't was how close you are with Paris Horn, who's been on Overseas Elite the last two years and, and won TBT twice. Uh, can you take us through that relationship with you and Paris and you know what you've seen watching him go through his pro career as well? Right, right. So uh, Paris Horn, uh, me and him been friends I want to say almost 10 years now. So we actually went to high school in Brisbane Academy together in 2006. Uh, I actually was his roommate during that time and we became really, really close. So close that I actually uh, committed to St. John's. And as I committed, I recruited him the whole year to come as well. So he ended up coming to St. John's with me. Uh, from there, we built a, 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 like almost a best friend relationship in uh, college. And we excelled in college, played well. We ended up taking our pro careers. And he actually came and joined me in Chiba our second or, or excuse me, our third year out of college. And uh, he's actually the godfather of my little girl. She's three years old. Um, Paris is like one of my best friends in life and, and, and will remain so. When you see him having won this now twice in a row, do you get a bit of, uh, I don't know if the word would be, sort of like brotherly je jealousy about him winning and not having you on his team? Uh, oh, of course. Of course. I, I send hate messages and all different things. <laughs> All the time, uh, I laugh and joke with him and tell him uh, he doesn't deserve it and all those different things. But the guy works extremely hard. Uh, through all of it, I, I, I'm truly, truly happy for him. No one deserves it more than Paris. He's uh, one of the hardest working people you can truly ever meet. The kid works nonstop. And it seems like he's doing good things with his money. I think he told us that he was going to buy a house for his mom uh, with some of the funds that he bought, or some of the funds that he won, rather. Right, right, right. So uh, I'm not exactly sure. I don't want to speak and and be wrong, but I, I know he's actually doing some different things, like you said, with for his mom and different stuff. He hasn't brought my daughter a house yet, so I, I don't know how good he can be doing. But uh, I, I'm like I said, I'm happy for him. Justin, hopefully he'll have you uh, on that squad next year and you'll walk away with a TBT championship. You never know. For sure. That would be crazy. That would be three. Well, how, how long does it take to, to really have a dynasty? I don't know. I mean, I feel like two in a row in a single elimination tournament is as close as you're going to get, right? 
Right, right. Let's call it three then. Let's right. call it three. <laughs> you get three, then you're a dynasty. Well, I think people might be saying that already. Justin, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you back in TBT next summer. Yes, I appreciate you having me on. I, I love what you guys are doing. Um, it's fantastic. Well ran. Uh, high caliber people all around playing, running it. Uh, always enjoy having conversations with you. Just talking about life and even sports. So uh, anything you ever need, I, I truly appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate that. All right. Joining us now on the TBT podcast is the GM of the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs, Darius D. Barry. Darius, thank you so much for joining us. Man, thank y'all for having me on, man. And Darius, I know uh, we just started off our new season of the TBT podcast, and we were thinking of you know people we had to have on, and I, I immediately thought of you uh, as someone we needed to have on just because of the run you guys had and the, the kind of the, it, it was really an inspirational uh, kind of story, your, your team in general. So uh, again, we we appreciate you joining us, and we'll get right into it. I mean, you guys, the, the notable story of TBT was that win over Kentucky. You guys were the number sixteen team. You beat Kentucky. Eight 87 to 78. So uh, we'll get into that in a moment. But first, you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown, how the team get together, maybe a little bit of a backstory about yourself. And then again, how this group of guys, I know you all kind of knew each other growing up, how you all got together. Oh, yeah. The crazy thing about this team is that we've all been knowing each other since we were kids, literally. Either we've been playing with each other or against each other since we were kids, seriously. And, um, like we kept, we stayed together, stayed in contact with each other. Um, some of us went to high school with each other, some of us went to college with each other. We just kept it going. And give us a little bit, uh, you know, a backstory about yourself. Uh, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know uh, you have a close relationship to a lot of these guys here uh, from Tennessee. So uh, just take us through, um, yeah, again, just a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, like I said, man, like I said, I, I grew up with them as well. And those guys, they were always the players. I was always the team manager. Uh, so I've always been taking care of they they don't want to admit it. And I, it's a funny story I tell them all the time that uh with some of the guys that went to Liberty, they didn't win the state championship till I came and <laughs> we talk about that all the time. But like I said, I've been a team manager uh since we were kids with those and like I said, they asked me to if I wanted to lead the lead the bunch and I'm like, Hey, why not? Let's do it. Now, for the people at home, so Liberty High School is, or Liberty is a high school in Jackson, Tennessee. So, um, and I know Dexter Williams, your coach, is a coach there. Was he the coach there when, you know, you guys all went to high school? Yes, sir. And the thing about that as well, Dexter, he coached, it was, this is how it started. It was Jackson Middle School and Northeast Middle School. Coach Dexter Williams was the head coach at Northeast Middle School, coaching against some of us that went to Jackson Middle School. And when they built Liberty, he was the first ever coach at at Liberty, so that's when we all merged together. And he was he was the the leader of us all, you know, the first head coach in Jackson to bring a state championship to Jackson. Wow! So then, you know, you take it a couple of years forward. You guys all want to uh, form, you know, a TBT team. One, how did you find out about TBT? Was it hard convincing the other guys to come together and make this team? And, and Coach Williams, uh, you know, what was his reaction when you asked him to, you know, come aboard? When we first found out of TBT, it was the it was the second year, the first year that Overseas Elite won. Uh, one of the players on the team had sent us a text message, but no one believed it until we actually saw the uh, tournament. Being, I think we saw Team 23 playing on TV, and that's when we first actually, okay, so this is real. And so we kind of, you know, we hit everybody, up, hit each other up, see who wanted to do it. And we we couldn't have done this without Coach Webb. We, if we was going to do something like this, 
then the coach Williams had to be involved with. It, it couldn't be no other way. Coach had to be a part of it. And when we asked him, he didn't hesitate. He jumped right on it. Was that kind of a common theme for your whole team? Was everyone all in, or did some people um, say, you know, what is this tournament? It can't be true, giving away $2 million. It was everyone kind of all in right from the beginning. <laughs> uh, like I said, the first year we were like, it, it was actually Juwan. Juwan's known for being a comedian. So we were like, Juwan, you know, quit wasting our time, quit playing, quit, you know, take something serious sometimes until we actually saw it. But once we saw that it was real, then we were all about it. And we was like, hey, let's do it. Whatever we got to do to get into it, let's do it. Absolutely. And you guys did just that. Take us through the recruiting process a little bit, getting the fans for the team. It was, you know, the most competitive year by far in terms of getting fans. You know, it obviously took a lot uh, of work that you guys had to do to get in the tournament. So what was that two-month stretch like where you had to recruit man, the that fans? Was, <laughs> that was probably the hardest two months of my life, man. It, that pretty much turned to another full-time job, honestly. <laughs> uh like I said, every day, all day, we're taking in a group text. Like, look, make sure y'all get your votes up, get your votes up. If we had one player, like he was telling us, he was stopping complete strangers and asking they vote for us. And I think he would get votes like that. So, but from uh, and then it was mostly us doing it through social media, and then us us recruiting ourselves, just going out, family and friends, and hey, spread the word for us. So, but like from those two months, then we were actually grinding real hard just to get in. But like I said, that was a that was probably the longest two months of my life. And we've heard that from a lot of GMs. Now, uh, I know Jackson is, is kind of, from what I gathered, uh, you know, from you guys at TVT, it's kind of a, a close-knit community. Was uh, What was kind of the community response to a bunch of guys who, you know, went through the Jackson school systems now playing, uh, you know, on a, a big stage? Uh, when we first got into it, uh, when we were first signing up, I think everybody said the same thing. What is this? What's going on? And like, okay, I don't understand. We like, hey, look, just read and support us. That's all we asking for. But once they saw it, and once they found out that it was real, then pretty much the whole city jumped, jumped on, jumped aboard. Absolutely, and I can only imagine, especially after that Kentucky game, what it was like. But uh, all right, so let, let's you guys arrive in Chicago for TBT. Um, you know, you're at the the venue. What was kind of your overall impressions of the tournament? We'll get to you guys and you know the the run you guys made in a minute. But just what were your overall impressions of the tournament? Did it meet, meet up to expectations? What you thought, uh, and, and just what do you think overall? I've been in plenty of tournaments over my in my day, and when I say that was probably the most live experience, the most exciting experience in basketball, then that was it reminded it reminds you a lot of March Madness in the summer. I mean, you can't beat basketball in the summer, and that was that was everything you wanted in a basketball term. You had you had you had it all. You had the crowd experience, you had the quality teams, you had the quality arena. It was, I mean, it was everything you needed in basketball. That was it was it was perfect. You, know, you couldn't beat it. You can't beat it. And now one thing we've kind of found over the years with some of these teams composed of either, you know, college alumni or people, you know, in your guys' situation who all uh, know each other from the same area. What what was the preparation like leading into TBT? You guys obviously had the advantage of all knowing each other, being able to practice together. So how often were you guys getting together, getting ready for the tournament? Yeah, one thing the chemistry did help out a lot. Uh, I wish we could have had more practice, but. I mean, we did. We uh, we had one guy in our group. He was ring, ring leader, Antoine Long. He was a ring leader. Uh, make sure everyone gets conditioned. So anytime we could get in the gym, we was in the gym as much as we could. Absolutely. And then, uh, so we you know we head through the registration process. You guys find out one, you're the 16 seed, and two, you're playing the number one seed, Kentucky. What was you know the reaction among the team when you found out you're going to play one of the most you know prestigious college programs in you know NCAA history? Well, first we were just lit. We were excited that we actually got in the tournament. So uh, we always said this: uh, when it comes to basketball, or any sport, 
a number is just a number. So if you number one seed, number sixteen seed, number three seed, whatever seed you are, it's just annoying. You got to come to play. You know, you got to bring your game any day. But for us to play against that Kentucky team, I mean, that right there was. If you beat Kentucky, period, in basketball, yeah, you you're excited about it. So for us to get a chance to even face, be on the court with some of those guys. You know, it, it, it took it to another level. Like, we were really excited about it. I mean, a lot of guys when we were talking about it, they were like, man, just throw the ball up. Man. I just want to get on the court show what I can do. So the guys were real ecstatic about playing against Kentucky. Now, you know, it was fascinating watching uh, that game play out and kind of the guys on the bench. It was kind of a, a cool confidence the whole time. Never got two up, never got down when uh, Kentucky made a little bit of a run in the second half. Uh, what was it like kind of from your perspective just watching that game unfold from the bench? I know, um, you know, you guys were obviously very ecstatic at the end, but what was kind of watching that whole game like? Man, it all, it all starts with our coach, man. If you know Coach Williams, then he is probably the most, cool, calm, and collected guy on the earth. He's so relaxed. So, I mean, we kind of fall off of him. But for me to sit back and watch my guys perform like that, I mean, it, it took me back to high school, almost winning the state championship again, Clay. So they, they fought through. They, they they fought the whole time. Even when we got down a little bit, they kept kept fighting back, kept fighting back. So for me to watch them perform like that, it was, it was amazing, man. Like I said, it all come, the, the calmness all comes from Coach Williams. Like, we, we go off our coach. And now, uh, you know, you talked about the whole community getting behind you. What was the reception like after you beat Kentucky? I'm sure your phone was uh, blown man, up. I, I love my city, Jackson, Tennessee. We came back. We were – it was like – it was almost like we won, man. Uh, <laughs> people were thanking us left and right. They're like, thanks for what you did for our city. Uh, we were signing autographs. We were taking pictures. It was wonderful, man. The reception was perfect a lot of people was you know throwing jokes at this and that but at the same time we got so much love i mean it, the, the love we received it was it was overwhelming so like i said i gotta i gotta get out to my city jackson tennessee one time now i i think uh you know, I, you guys might not have known it in the moment, but, you know, the reception we were getting on Twitter, you guys actually, you know, you lived up to your name as the underdogs. And, um, you know, not just saying this, I think you, you guys really actually inspired a, a lot of um, basketball fans watching that game. People from, uh, you know, a city like Jackson, whether it be in Michigan, whether it be in Washington, I think you guys really inspired a core like that. Have you kind of been able to soak in, uh, you know, what you guys accomplished and maybe think about, you know, how – you know, the win you guys had over Kentucky, how that's going to inspire, you know, future members in TBT or even just, you know, young kids watching at home? Man, I think about it every day. One thing I want to say is never, never be intimidated by anyone. Like I said, if you're playing number 16, if you know a number 16 seed playing number one seed, you got to play it like it's your last. I mean, you can't be afraid of the guy that's across from you. Like, if you go into a game afraid, intimidated, you're already down. Like you cannot let you cannot be intimidated by anybody. So I mean, any future ball out there or any future team out there, just play ball. <laughs> You're all human. You all breed. I mean, just go out there and play ball. That's what we did. Absolutely. And now, uh, you know, coming back you, after again, you guys beat Kentucky, then you fell in a heartbreaker to always and brave. I guess uh, not to bring those memories oh, back up, oh. but uh, what was kind of going <laughs> through your head in the last minute of that game? Oh man, that was the worst 15 seconds of my life. <laughs> but man, um, I gotta give it up. I gotta give it, take my hat off to always the brave man. They, 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 they kept playing. They kept playing. Like I said, we were up by five points with 15 seconds left, and we, uh, we didn't execute. We didn't finish. Uh, I mean, gotta give it to always the brave. They fought it through, and that's that on that. We, we lost. But like I said, it was the worst 15 seconds of my life. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? I, you know, at, in the locker room after that game, I forget exactly what the quote was, but Coach Williams uh, was basically saying and in the press conference, too, how proud of you uh, he was. And I, I think that, too, is just uh, kind of uh, showing, you know, how much, you know, Coach Williams cared about you and kind of the close-knit group you were that, you know, it was a tough loss, but he kept, you know, repeating the whole time how much, uh, how proud of he, of you he was, uh, how proud of the team he was in general. So, uh, again, hats off to you guys. Now, you know, coming in, to or heading into TBT 2017. Uh, I know it's early. It's only the end of October, but uh, you know what, what's kind of the early wrap on Jackson, Tennessee. You guys planning to come back next year, or, or what's kind of uh, um, the early deal? Most definitely, man. We have guys that are conditioning now, um, and I told my guys the other day, man, stay humble and stay hungry, fellas. Like we got to wait a whole year, but when we gonna get it, hey, we we gotta have faith that we will get back at, get back into it, and we gotta take care of business when we do. Like I say, you gotta have faith. You gotta claim it. So we got to get ready. I mean, uh, it's a long way away, but hey, we're going to do what we got to do to get back into it. Absolutely. And uh, is there anything you kind of learned from TBT 2015, whether it be on the court, whether it be recruiting fans? Is there any kind of big lesson that you'll take from last year and apply it when you guys get ready for this year? Again, whether it be in terms of recruiting fans, things you have to work on on the court. Recruiting wise, yes, you have to you have to be committed to it. Like I said, you have to turn it to a full time job almost. Cause like I said, uh, I talked to Mr. Dan Frill a couple of times, and like you said, it's it's two competitions uh, to get in the tournament and then actually playing. So recruiting wise, you have to be committed to it. You have to be on it all day, every day, and stay on your toes. So you can't get past easily, which we actually did a couple of times. And on the court wise then you can't underestimate anyone. Like I said, what you know, a funny story is uh, when we played the first game, uh, Kentucky came in after they actually sat right behind us. And what they were saying is that we're going to play the team that wins this game, pretty much already claiming the victory over us. <laughs> so one thing is you cannot go in and overestimate anybody. You can't I mean, underestimate any opponent. So uh, you have to go in. You got to play because when you get on that court, pretty much everybody can play. So you have to play. You have to finish the game, you, and you gotta you gotta make it all the way through. One thing I've been asking everyone because I think it's been interesting, and I know you're a fan of TBT in general. Uh, Overseas Elite One again. Uh, I, I've been asking this to a lot of the GMs. I want to ask you as well. Uh, you know, you've watched them now for two years now. How do you beat that team? I mean, they're undefeated in TBT play. You guys are, are again. You have a history of pulling off a big upset. You know, how, how do you beat a team like Overseas Elite, who's as uh, you know skilled as they are, the shooting, the big men, the guards, etc. Well, overseas elite, with them, if you get a lead on them, you have to keep the lead. You cannot get comfortable. You have to defend from beginning to the end, and you gotta, you gotta have that will to win against them. Cause if you don't, they, they, apparently, they got the will to win. They've done it two years in a row. So with them, you gotta play the whole game. You gotta, you, it's gonna be a fight. It's not, nothing gonna come easy with them. So hats off to them for winning two years in a row. But, uh, like I said, to, in order to beat them, you gotta play the entire game, not just one half. Not just a couple of minutes. You got to play the entire game to beat those guys. Absolutely, and we saw them come back from a couple of huge deficits yeah, in yeah. the semifinals and championship games. Uh, you know, before we we head off here, how much of uh, the tournament did you watch aside from your game? Were you tuned in kind of all summer long, watching all the action? Also, as much as I, I as, as sick as I was, I tuned in all summer long. Uh, <laughs> like I said, cause I was thinking, like just thinking, we'd have won that game, we'd have played here, we'd have done this, done that. 
So I actually tuned into it all summer long. Yeah, until Overseas Elite beat Team Colorado in the championship game. Out of curiosity, were there any teams like you liked watching? You know, whether it be Mike Bibby and Jason Williams with Pedro's Posse or um, Overseas Elite or Team Colorado? Was there any team in specific you like? You kind of like their style or the way they played? Um, of course you you say Mike Bibby and Jason Williams because they were former pro players. But one team I did like watching was the team that beat us always the Braves. Uh-huh. Because of the way they play, they they're great. They're actually a team play. They're a team. They don't play single ball. They're actually a team out there. So that was them. And then of course overseas league because they were the champions. But always the Braves was actually a good team. Yeah, I think they kind of, uh, you know, they're a group of they play all college ball together. But I think there's a lot of parallels between your team and their team. But uh, they, you know, they're certainly underdogs mm-hmm. or in more underdogs when they meet the Sweet 16 in their college days. And uh, you guys proved you're not so uh, much of an underdog anymore after that win against Kentucky. Darius, uh, again, I think you inspired a lot of people. You know, the team inspired a lot of people. Uh, we, we can't wait to see you guys back in 2017. And we thank you for joining us tonight. Man, I thank y'all so much. It's been an honor for y'all to even, you know, consider me young here. So I thank y'all. I thank TBT. And like I said, we'll be looking forward to, you know, doing something in TBT 2017. All right. Great interviews with Darius DeBerry and Justin Burrell. Uh, Josh, I know you've got some updates on guys from around the world, too. I do. Five guys, Dan. I'm sure there's much more than that that had a great week. Uh, we're going to begin with a guy we had in last week, Jacob Pullen, the guard from Purple and Black. 25 points, two rebounds. Five assists and four steals. He's playing over in Russia, and he was named the Euro Cup MVP of Week 3. He's averaging 15.7 points a game over in Moscow, Russia. Uh, Sadiel Rojas, Dan, he was one of my favorites, actually, to watch from that Ants alumni team when they made that run to the Final Four. Great guy, six yeah. Yeah, six foot four swingman. Uh, played a great game for ACM Marika in Spain, and he, uh, you know, the stat sheet. Uh, well, it does reflect. It. I mean, he had thirteen rebounds in thirty four minutes. But I read a quick rebound of that game, and uh, defensively down the stretch, he was huge for them. And uh, I remember, you know, in that Ants alumni team, he was uh, one of their top scorers. But he also played a very good two way game, a very good defender, and uh, you know, the six foot four uh, guard pulled in thirteen rebounds for uh, that team, UCAM Marika in Spain. couple more to get to. DeAndre Kane, the TBT champion, uh, 17 points, 11 rebounds, and a 75-72 Euro Cup win. Uh, he's also playing over in Russia. I'm not even going to try again to do that pronunciation. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give it a try, I guess. Uh, Ninzi Novogord. Uh, it was their first win of the season, and he's having a great year as well, Dan. 18.6 points per game. Uh, they're just four, uh, five games into the season, and he is one of their top scorers. Uh, we talked about the Notre Dame Fighting Alumni. Their win over Team Barstool, Torin Francis, the Notre Dame turned Southern Hospitality big man, had a big day for La Union in Argentina. I feel like we've had a bunch of people from that team over the years. He had 24 points and a 76-75 win on Sunday, and he's averaging 10.9 points and 8.3 rebounds per game. Again, Dan, that's just one of those teams that we have a couple of them um, where I feel like you know, like three, like 25% of TBT has played on that team. Yeah. But um, last one, and uh, this one, you know, dear, you know, close and personal to me, Tyshawn Taylor, uh, a great year over in Israel, Dan. You know how uh, Big Cat, we, you know, we talked about him in the opening, always says Don, he was teammates with Dante Jones for yeah. like a couple of games. Yeah. I always say that about Tyshawn Taylor when I'm talking to people that I was teammates for him for a day. Uh, he's off to a hot start off in Israel, despite an 0-3 record. He has 23 points 
per game. He's actually leading the Israeli Basketball Premier League in scoring. So uh, a great start for him. And uh, another personal note, they actually played Maccabi Haifa on October 24th a couple days ago. And that team has Will Graves on it, who was also on my team, the Jabroni Project, in 2015. He actually couldn't suit up because he was injured. But uh, they went head-to-head. And that ended up being a win for Will Graves and Maccabi Haifa. And, Dan, I actually looked at the schedule. They're playing in Haifa on January uh, 15th. I'm actually I, I'm trying to get over there for that game because I'd love to see Tayshaun. Are, ser- are you serious? And, yeah, I've been looking at flight prices, Dan. It's a Sunday game. Uh, you know, take a long weekend and, and watch some basketball. So that I don't would know be unbelievable. Are you, ser- are you seriously going to fly to Israel? I'm dead serious, Dan. I want to uh, see them two go at it. You know, Israel, uh, I have some family connections back there. So, uh, you know, it would be fun to do. That would be awesome. If you do that, I'm going to send you over there with like a tape recorder and just you talk to everybody you can about basketball. That would be amazing if you did that. Well, a lot of other TBT connections all over Israel, too. Maybe I'll wear a GoPro or something. We'll, we'll talk about TBT <laughs> basketball in Israel. It'll be a whole uh, TBT production. That would be amazing. All right. What else? Anybody else? I think that was four. <laughs> That's uh, that's a five right there. Oh, Francis, Tyshawn, Taylor, Kane, Rojas, and Pullen, all at big weeks. The first here, one you uh, talked overseas. about, uh, Jacob Pullen, I read someplace that he was on a one-month and is on a one-month deal um, with that uh, Kim Key Moscow team. I can't believe that. It seems to me like after the way he's played, they're going to sign him for the full year. Well, it, it, like you said, he's been on the EuroCup uh, top performer list, I think, all three weeks so far. So yeah. uh, it's really interesting how the contracts go over there in Europe and Russia and Asia and South America, like we've talked about uh, a lot on the show. It's really interesting to see the, the you know short contracts, team people bouncing around and around. But a guy like Jacob Pullen, like you said, Dan, you'd have to think they'll sign him the rest of the way, the way he's playing. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. All right, and before we go, Josh, i got a quick update in Maury on uh... – one of my favorite guys in TBT, Bobby Brown, uh, actually made the Houston Rockets roster. He was super excited about it, sent me a couple of texts. Uh, it sounded a lot like, you know, when you make a team when you're in high school and you're you know, a sophomore and you make the varsity, how excited you are. Uh, that kind of came through with him. So congratulations to Bobby Brown. We're all very happy for him. Long career overseas and very well deserved making the Houston Rockets. Well, that's a great uh, update. I know uh, we've got some good stuff in store for next week. Maury, what do we have on tap? I'm setting up an interview. Uh, Austin Dufault will uh, hop on the podcast. Uh, most recently, he had 19 points and eight rebounds uh, in a win over an undefeated team. He plays in a hungry league uh, for Sopron KC. And Austin was a guy, you know, who played a critical critical role for for Team Colorado, getting them all the way to that championship game. And unfortunately, falling just a bit shy in the championship series. This is a guy, Dan, who averaged over 12, about 12 points a game, four rebounds. He shot the ball. You know, about 45% from the field. So, you know, really solid player, a guy who can play a lot of different positions. He can play, you know, he can be a bigger guard at the shooting guard. He can be a small forward. He also can, you know, play a little stretch four at times. So Austin's a great great guy and uh, happy to have him on for next week. Looking forward to it. Excellent. All right, guys. Great, uh, great input and information from everybody. Looking forward to touching base next week. Thanks, Dan. Sounds good, Dan. <laughs> <laughs>